the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to take your place on the starting grid and get ready for Racer Radio. Your host, Dave Stahl, about to take you for a white-knuckled lap around the motorsports industry, covering everything from top-notch national drivers and crew chiefs right down to your local kid racers and racetracks. Watch for the apex, because here comes Racer Radio with Dave Stahl. All right, folks, welcome. This is FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. Racer Radio. That's Brittany Sandoval, the racing school teacher. I'm Dave, the wannabe racing school teacher. Bumper Doc Santee sponsors this segment. Oh, wait. Our big sponsor, Southwest Point of Sale. You know, if you've got a grocery store, liquor store, or a convenience store, and you're having trouble getting employees like everybody else, this is a golden opportunity for you to think about self-checkout. You know, Costco does it, uh, Walmart, and all the big box stores. You can do it, too. And not no matter how big or small your store is, National Cash Register will send their crack team out to your location. You'll see either Jeff, Mark, Beth, Ted, Tony, or Ramon, and they will hook you up. And you will be totally amazed at the fact that self-checkout doesn't call in sick, doesn't uh, ask for a pay raise. None of the above. And it's super efficient. It'll keep track of all your income. Call them at 800-540-2149. Talk to the team. Tell them you heard it right here on KCBQ. Also, Bumper Doc Santee scratches dings and dents. Nobody does it better than Bumper Doc and Santee. And then, of course, Black Forest Motorsports. For the Porsche 914 mm, people, yeah, Mini people. Coopers and BMW. Over 40 years' experience, nobody, absolutely nobody does it better. So they, they could be the, the dealer alternative, or if you want to go racing, doesn't make any difference. Check them out. All right, who we got as our guest? Oh, is Ooh. she on the line, Brendan? Is she on the line, Brendan? She is on oh, the line. Oh, awesome. Hey, uh, if I may, Dave, I'd like to um, reach out to the listeners. One, thank them. Yes. For joining us. Yes. And two, if you're not actively driving right now, hop on your phone, hop on your computer. Right now, right now. I'm waiting. Google image the following. Because when I saw what our guest races last year when she called in, I had a much greater appreciation of her sport and of our guest. So yep. I would like for you to not only welcome, but Google hydroplane racer cassidy jones welcome cassidy hi hi she's back and she's updating us because she is racing in the 2021 season Ah. (laughs) are you excited i really am i'm i've only done like two races so far but they've all been very exciting (laughs) exciting must be um i don't know a sight to see yeah where'd you where did you uh where'd you race 
Um, we raced down in La Paz County Park in Parker, and then we went to Lake Ming in Bakersfield. Oh, okay. And those are pretty good lakes and to, to race at? Yeah. From a lack of waves point of view, pretty smooth? Um, I mean, La Paz got the current, so you have to fight against that. Mm-hmm. But um, Ming's... She's gone, I think. Where'd she go? I, we've been having this issue here at the studio a lot. So. I haven't had that happen. Yeah, you had that earlier, right? Not or, drop. Not that bad. It's just a little hiccup. Oh, I guess I'm the worst then, I guess. Yes, you are. Well, she'll be calling back, I'm assuming. Well, you know what? This is actually giving our listeners a chance to Google yeah. her. Yeah. Hydroplane Cassidy, Cassidy Jones. Because remember, we were introduced to her last year, at right. least I was. Yeah. And um, Scott Delosio, I think, set up that interview. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw what she races... Just, just the appreciation, like I said, of what she does. Oh, oh my gosh! Now, I until we get her back. Uh, not that I was stalking her, but I am following her now. Yeah, nothing yet. You have a number. Uh, Can you guys hear me? Hey! Ah, hey, you know we're having a little bit of technical difficulty here at the station, so we do apologize. It so if it happens again, you can just call back. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. So it's not you. Nope. It's not on your end. It's on the. The big end, AT and T, but mm. we'll talk to them on Monday. <laughs> so, how did the how the two races go? Um, well, the two races, I like got out of the boat both of the times. She's but... been getting air, Dave. She's been getting serious. I really air. have. You mean you got literally out of the boat <laughs> while it was moving? Oh yeah, but she got back in. You have or to. On. You I'm... have to stop that. <laughs> I, I'm trying. I yeah. really am. But people don't realize you're on your knees. It's not like you're sitting in a cockpit, correct? Correct, yeah. And, and everything's lightweight as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. we we almost had Brittany hooked up to go for a ride. And yep. this buddy of mine sends her a video of one Wrong. getting air. Oh, <laughs> And she broke her foot. That kind of set things back. But uh, back to Cassidy, she got air, but she gets back in and does it. Did it? That's did it do I any love. damage to the boat? Um. So I actually went out like three times now. The first time I like broke out the side, mm-hmm. and then we thought that was the. Only and so then we fixed the boat, you know. And then I came out the second time, and then we're like, "Oh, it's another problem," and like the motor's too tucked. And so then we fix that problem, and then I go to, like, Ming, and the strap that ties down loose, so then I popped up and, like, went over. Oh, man. Can we recommend maybe another form of motors? (laughs) I'm sure she's learning from this every time. Although, uh, would racing cars interest you? Yes. What? With racing cars? Have you ever thought about getting off oh, the water? Yeah. I actually have. Um my chiropractor actually <laughs> he like races cars and he's like there's like an enduro in four years or something like that and he's like I talked to my guy and he wants to wants you to race in that well, because I built race. Yeah, there you go. So you sounds gotta, like a sponsor yeah. to me. Well you gotta at least yeah. try it. If somebody's handing yeah. you a steering wheel, you know. Because yeah. 
the water gods might be yeah, telling you something. Yeah, maybe they're trying to subtly <laughs> tell her something. I mean, I know you shower like everybody else, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> I think this is a good idea because she. I believe you recently got your driver's license, learned how to drive a uh-huh. stick shift, so it's kind of just happening. It's just kind of happening. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. Well, it's unfolding for her. How many years have you been racing boats? Um, I think it's like three now. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So you got that under your belt. Now it's time to go move on to another. Or, or do you? Or is your family really, 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 really behind boat racing? It's it's more like because you know my uncle boat races and my dad boat races, and it's also like I built my boat, and so we spent a lot of money on that. Yeah, that's, uh, so don't try and talk her out it's of more it. More like no, no, I'm no, gonna no. stick. I'm gonna stick to the sport for a while until I can find something else. Yeah, at a girl. That has the level of, of, of where you're at. The fun factor. Yeah. Well, the fun factor, you can have fun at K1 speed, you know, as far as that goes. But that's that's not like racing competitively on a track. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have more races coming up? Um, I do. There's one in Idaho, but we're Whoa. not going to go there. Okay. And then there is the um, one in Long Beach. And then it's Ming and then uh, La Paz again. And then I'm done with this season. Oh, you guys don't come to San Diego, to Mission Bay? No. Oh, that would have been awesome. Have you ever been uh, at Mission Bay? I've been here. I've been there, but I haven't raced there. Yeah. Just a little history. You know, it looks like a bowling pin in the middle of the track. Mm -hmm. That was built by a gentleman by the name of Bill Muncy, who is world-class hydro you know, the big boats, and you'll love this. Yeah. Every time he won, he would come like three feet off the beach oh. and, and rooster tail everybody, all the fans that were on this on the beach, you know, cheering him on. Wow. Can you imagine, can you imagine what the officials would do today if somebody was to do that? Probably not a good idea. Probably DQ you. You think? Yeah. But Bill was an amazing, and he was so... I mean, if you've seen him in town, you know, he was just so approachable, and that boy could drive. Holy, you know, if you get a chance, Google Bill Muncie or ask your dad or your uncle. They'll both know who he is for sure. If she ever comes down, if you ever come down to San Diego, you've got to let us know, yeah. especially if you're racing. I'll get oh, a yeah. huge cheering. We'll do the wave for you. I'll even get you to, if you come down because you guys always have to come early. Uh, I'll get your boat on TV. Your sponsors will love it. And we'll get you in here on radio. It'll be a hoot. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, it's been fun chatting with you. Uh, how do people follow you around? Um, there is a Facebook account, and it's Cassidy J twenty two. I think it's Boat Racer as well. Okay. And that's um, Cassidy and with a K. Me. Oh, Cassidy. Yeah. With a K. Yes. Well, just got to be different. Yeah. Okay. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, stay in touch with us. Don't be a stranger. And uh, by the way, before I let you go, who are some of your big sponsors? Um, my dad, basically. Um, <laughs> so the Amsoil twins. <laughs> oh yeah, I know the Amsoil oh, twins yeah, real well. That's good stuff, though. Yep. And they're great guys too. They are really very supportive. All right, yep. well, stay in touch, kid. We'd love to see you down in San Diego sometime. Follow oh, well. her, listeners. Thank follow you. her. All right. All right, we're going to have to take a quick break. You're listening to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. 
Welcome back. You are listening to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. The segment brought to you by El Cajon Ford, where nobody, absolutely nobody, treats you better than El Cajon Ford. Go to ElCajonMotors.com for new and used. Service department is stellar. They'll work on anything in your garage. Can you believe that? And if you want to stay on top of Barona, go to BaronaSpeedway.com. And last but not least, San Diego Gear and Axle, 1488 Pioneer Way for all your drivetrain issues. Off-road, dirt, asphalt, 4x4, all-wheel drive. Steve is a wizard. He knows everything there is to know about it. Now, do we have Dirt Dude on the line? We have Amanda Amanda. Robinson. Yeah, so Dirt Dude is busy because he has two girls graduating. Congratulations, Daddy, for that. So, yeah, he um, set up racer and series promoter amanda oh. robertson oh yeah she's hi amanda well versed hi how hi. are you guys we are doing hi. wonderful uh where do you hey. race what's your track of choice i you know I, my heart says brona i i'm born and raised in ramona and started racing brona so i always like to say brona is my hometown track and yeah. bringing the sprint cars back there now it's it's even better because i did run a few years at paris and uh, did the micro sprints out of Brona. So my heart's partial to Brona. Did the Paris experience curl your hair? <laughs> it was amazing. It got me hooked. So I went from a micro sprint and then took a little bit of time off and went and raced uh, for local racer Tony Everhart at Paris Auto Speedway for two seasons. And what they had was a young gun class. And that was very similar to their senior class. They just run 360 non-link sprints. I know. Yeah, I know you. You were uh, running against uh, Rayborn. Yeah, Joel. Yeah, so Joel, Young Gun Series a year before I did, but Joel. Joel's a great kid, and yeah. yeah, he he got famous out there at the Young Gun Series. Yeah, and that's and that are they running that series again this year? They are not. Wow. Um, so I won the championship in 2019, and that was the last oh. the last year they did it. So. Um, kind of a heartbreaker for us people that want to run our 360s, but yeah. don't want to go run, you know, with the USAC guys at 410. I mean, definitely a different jump in levels mm-hmm. when you get to that. that so, so have yeah. you seen this new series that, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Don Kazarian and uh, the gentleman that runs uh, uh, Ventura. I can't think of it. I have, and you know, I want to welcome. I want to welcome them down to our open competition at Brona. <laughs> Bring your cars. Well, especially <laughs> with that new crate motor, you know, that's a, a spec motor. Instead of spending sixty k, you know, for an engine, you know, this is a great little, uh, a great little uh, class, you know, with a spec sprint car. I think that's, you know, once it takes hold here on the West Coast, I think it's going to be just as big as it is back east and in the Midwest. No, I'm not sure. You know, 360 is the biggest bang for your buck. Um, you can go out and pick up a 360 engine for, I don't know, eight, nine, ten grand. And you don't need it to be the, you know, forty, sixty thousand dollar right. engine, you know, but so that's that's kind of what we want to concentrate on is, you know, there there's a lot of three sixties in Southern California. Yeah. And we just need to give them another place to run at. And, right. you know, when we opened up the competition at Verona bringing in the four tens, it kind of brings in familiar faces, uh-huh. two different types of engines, and it makes a really quality show. Like, I mean, at, at our June 12th race, we had 12 cars. And I mean, the main event was, 
was great. There was lots of slicing and dicing and five jobs being thrown by the leaders. There was 360 <laughs> cars in the mix. It was it was a good show. So I, I really encourage the three sixty guys and the four ten guys that, that are off the weekend that you know, come out to Verona. It's it's we have a new promoter out there, Brent Sexton. Yep. And he is he's given me a, a lot of rain to just make the sprint cars big. And and they should be. I mean, they put on a great show out there and our series is, you know, we're still looking to build a purse that's bigger. We gave away a thousand dollars to win. On, in June, and we hope to do the same in, in August. And, you know, we're still trying to look for more support and make it bigger. Have you uh, have you got a pencil? I do. Write down my email, stall, S-T-A-L-L-D for David, at Cox.net. You send me an email, and the next time you guys come to Barona, I'll bring you in a race car down to KUSI TV. Because I did yeah. it for the little wing sprinters, and that was one of the biggest attendances they had at Barona. Because that's one thing KUSI is. It's a San Diego, East County station, and we're number one when it comes to the morning show. And that's what oh, you yeah. need, that's what you need to do. You need to get that publicity out there, and and now bring we'll get some B roll showing what you guys and girls are doing in action, and the stands will fill right up, guaranteed. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with the stands, how full they were at our last race, and it kind of it showed Brent and I that people like sprint cars oh. and people want to come and run. I mean, we had people from Arizona. Yeah, we had a few USAC guys down, and I mean, the majority of our cars are from Ramona and San Diego and Blossom Valley. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a good mix of familiar faces, and it mm-hmm. puts on a good show. Yep. Yeah. So I think that first race you were referring to was May 1st. Um, and for the listeners, the next one is June 12th and then August 7th and October 2nd. I think, is that the that, series yes. you're talking about? Okay, just so we yeah, can that, yeah. start penciling in on our calendars, listeners. June 12th, August 7th, and October 2nd. Right. And, and October 2nd, we're trying to pull a bunch of make it a good show like mm-hmm. it kind of it tends to wind down in southern california but i think the october show is going to be bigger and better and we hope to you know bring in some heat race sponsors and some product sponsors and we have a few that are that have signed up for the whole series for this year but i think by october we'll be able to bring i'm saying 15 to 20 cars but i mean i'll be happy with 15 um but we would just want to make it big and we just we really want to give the racers a place to run, you know, we are racers and we know what racers expect. And I love giving out cash to the racers at the end of the night. We like cash. Uh, <laughs> can you give us some names? Maybe some of our listeners will want to come and follow or root for a driver. By the way, t- uh, last, uh, last race, uh, we had Trent Williams down. We had, um, who's a normal USAC driver. We had Vern Sweeney down who is also a USAC driver. Alex Bender, who's our local mm-hmm. little hometown hero that goes up and runs Paris. Uh, we had um, Tyler Hadzikian, who also runs up in Paris in the senior sprints. Um, Chris Trammell, who's from Ventura, came down. Um, he drives our, he's our, he's my boyfriend. He drives our car. And then we had Tony Everhart and the uh, track record holder, Eric Evans, and a, a few other. <laughs> oh, we know Eric Evans. <laughs> that, yeah, well, Eric Evans could win in a grocery cart. <laughs> he put on, he, you know, he got. 
two four tens at that first race, and so and the field wasn't spread out at all. Like I, they were they were all coming for those four tens. At that point, I was like, ten more laps. Right. <laughs> that was a good list of names. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that was really, really good. And that's the other thing I too. Thank for coming out and supporting us. Well, that's the other thing too. You know, and it's a great way to generate uh, sponsorship. You know, to let sponsors mm-hmm. know that hey, you know, you hook up with us. You know, we'll get you on local radio and TV because that's what the sponsors are looking for—the name recognition, letting people know, you know, that they're involved outside of just the fans that go to Barona, you know, you put them on a, a local television and station, give them some radio airtime to talk. That's, that's usually what will loosen up uh, the checkbooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been really fortunate. We have a uh, Trent Shoring, um, who's, who's very involved in motorsports. Actually, Ryan Malloy, the youngest Malloy is uh, really involved in it and he's totally getting a kick out of supporting the local track. And right. uh, for the local people, we have Brewer Crane and Rigging. They're out of Lakeside. Mm-hmm. Um, Keys Brothers Racing, Cheers of Ramona, um, they're they're helping out a bit. And then DeWalt San Diego is uh, donating some product. And then I have some random, you know, people that come in and give me some cash for, like, last last race we had Logan CV, the USAC uh, National Midget Driver, he, him and his dog kicked in $50 so at our driver's <laughs> meeting. We had a lucky dog drawing, and a driver instantly got 50 bucks for just showing up to the driver's meeting. So oh, just little sweet. stuff like that. It's all, it, it, you know what? It, it's all it takes. It really, You're absolutely correct. So I really hope everybody uh, really tries to come out to our um, – June 12th race. I, I, you know, it's going to be another fun night. The track is great. Uh, Verona has a really good thing going on right now. We have a Friday night open practice before every race. So you, you want to bring your sprint car down. Mm-hmm. You can come practice Friday night. You can camp at the track. You can bring your friends and family in. They can bring coolers into the track and, you know, race Saturday night and camp and go home Sunday. So it's, it's a really great setup and the facility is only getting better and better. Isn't it though? They have, I mean, when, when Brent came on board, I mean, it's, you know, it's really, really, you know, flattening out that one area to the east where people could park up on top mm-hmm. and get a nice bird's mm-hmm. eye view. Uh, I mean, the whole place is just, you're right, it's, it's, it's become a premier track. And I think more and more drivers that come in from out of town, you know, will realize that. And I'd like to eventually see Barona, Paris, and Kokopah work a schedule between the three to where all the race divisions get the maximum exposure and the drivers have fun places to drive. You know, and, and I would also like to include Ventura Speedway into that. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Are, all, we are all within 200, and I say 208 miles because I live in Ramona. <laughs> I know what it takes to drive to Yuma. I know what it takes to drive to Ventura. And there's no reason that we, you know, we can't work together. And I, I busted my butt off when USAC pushed out their schedules and we were still kind of in COVID land and mm-hmm. I busted my butt off. So we didn't conflict with the tracks, mm-hmm. you know, Paris, Paris is standard USAC. And, and so that was really easy to, to pull, to pull around. And the last thing I wanted to do was, you know, conflict with the USAC 360 series that races all over California, but it's hard to take into account when, you know, they go run to Larry and stuff because that is out of our, our distance. Right. So I'm just, I'm trying to work really hard. I pushed our schedule out into February just to say, Hey, look at come race with us. It doesn't conflict with Paris. Right. Cocoa pot, you know, Cocoa pot hasn't, hasn't gotten sprint cars yet, but 
I hope the buzz will get to them and, and maybe they'll they'll welcome us well, for hey, one or two races. <laughs> if you need our help in any way, shape, or form, we're here for you. You got my email, so there's no excuse. And you know this one kid that races sprint cars named Brody <laughs> Roa? Yeah, he needs to get his butt down to Verona and run. I think he was thinking about coming down for May, Ooh, but that know, sounds like, come on, hey, we'll, we'll try and talk him hey, into it. Guess who's <laughs> guess who's on next? That I hear that, and that sounds great. I want to I want to also encourage anybody and everybody that wants some more information on this. We have a pretty active Facebook page. It's Brona Speedway Non Wing Sprint Cars. All Check right. it out. Give us a like. And, you know, send me a message on Facebook if you have any questions or concerns. It's open competition, no rules. Um, come run what you brung and bring a cooler. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw that at Brody because he's coming up next on the Paris Auto Speedway second. All right, kid. Thanks awesome. for calling in, and we look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you, guys. Take Bye. Care. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a whole lot more right here on Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. This is Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. The segment's brought to you by the good folks at Paris Auto Speedway. Tell you what, nothing goes faster than Paris Auto Speedway. Check them out at parisautospeedway.com. And John's Automotive Import Repair, 7447 University Avenue. Go to John's with an S, San Diego Auto Repair.com. All right, we got our very special guest on the line. Just like we told him the last time he was on, mm-hmm. most of the time people win they do well. when they come on our radio show. We got Brody Roa. Number 91. One last night at Paris Auto Speedway. Was it a walk in the park? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was anything but a walk in the park. That's ah, what I hear. That's what I heard. <laughs> you earned that one, buddy. Yeah, that one, uh, that one definitely was, uh, wasn't was a uh, start on the pole and just uh, get out there and cruise 30 laps. So, And by the way, did you hear the challenge from Amanda Robertson? Uh, yeah, for Barona on yep. uh, the 12th, June yeah. 12th. And if you can't make that one, we got another one for you. And oh, if you yeah. can't make that one, she got another one for yeah, you. Yeah, she is good. Boy, <laughs> she wants you to come down in the worst way. Yeah, we want to see you on our track. We'll uh, we'll make it down there at some point. I, I got to talk to uh, to uh, my three sixty guy. See if he'll he'll take his car down there. Oh, I'm sure he would. And then of course, then they'll want you to leave. Yeah. Well, because you take everything. You know, you'll win all the trophy. You win, the, and and with the new with the new promoter at, at Barona, we're really trying to generate some dollars. You know, get some local sponsors to throw money at you guys and girls. You know, just to make the trip worthwhile. Have you ever raced Barona? I've never been there. Uh, it's little. I want to video to that 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 first race that they put on last month, or yeah. mm-hmm. I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it looks like a cool little place. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. Well, Brittany can tell you she races it. You know, she's in a dwarf car. Yeah, a little quarter mile. A little quarter mile. I want to yeah. hear more about this race last night. Right, Don't so talk about me. Yeah. I heard that this was one heck of a race, and I'm curious what stands out in your mind. <laughs> Oh man, there was uh, there there were cars everywhere last night. It, it felt 
<laughs> Everywhere you turn, there was another one. Yeah, man, it was. Uh, I don't know if anybody anybody rolled out of there saying that was a smooth night. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think it was? Just, uh, just wasn't a full moon. I looked. So, do you think it was just the fact that people are still not used to getting back to racing? I think uh, I don't know. Maybe everybody was a little excited to be back in Paris again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could mm-hmm. be too. They knocked knocked the dust off last month, and everybody was ready to go this month. Yeah. How, uh, how was the attendance? I hear it was pretty big. It looked pretty good up in the stands. I don't, I don't know how many they had, but, I mean, the stands were, I don't know, I'd guess at least half full maybe. Yeah. Well, you it know, was, they, I think they're still under a little bit of Probably a restriction for 12th, attendance. Or June 15th. Yeah. But, uh, so, so kind of run it, run it, run it down. So where, how did you, uh, where'd you qualify? Uh, we qualified seventh. So, uh. That you know, we did, we missed the invert for the feature. We uh, started fourth in our heat, got to the lead in lap three or something like that, and and uh, won won the heat race. So we started seventh in the feature and um, lap seven or so of the of the main event. There we got uh, I got into three, kind of missed the bottom and woke her up, and got tagged from behind and. Uh, I, was, I was sitting there, stopped backwards in the middle of four, thinking, all right, here we go again. It's the rest of our – carry on from the rest of our year so far. So, um, yeah, that, I I didn't – I really didn't think we were going to get back up there and challenge for the win. You know, I knew we were good. And then, uh, you know, we started picking them off. And, you know, then there was that uh, – uh, Scott called it a Talladega down there in turn three when <laughs> – when they got in the, the leaders got in the back of a lap car and, and stacked mm-hmm. up in the entire top five, so that that helped us a lot. A I, bit. But I, yeah, I think at at that point, I think we were up to seventh or something at that point, and I think we were good enough there at the end. Where even if that didn't happen, we could we were gonna we were gonna get up there and and challenge for, for the win either way. So uh, especially with like ten laps to go, so. Car was really good. This new Eagle chassis that we got at the beginning of the year is uh, it, it's comfortable. It likes to slick. It likes the curb. It just it just drives. So I think we've uh, out of it so far this year, and glad we were able to cap one off last night. Yeah. So it's worth the trip to go back and get that chassis, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, we got a, we actually have a, a second one showing up this week at some wow. point. So we'll uh, we'll. We'll have two in the arsenal now. So what – I know it's probably hard to say, but what do you think I, – I know you had to work and there were some breaks that went your way, but what what do you think was the, the deciding factor? Uh, was it your car? Was it the setup? Uh, what, what would you say – because you seemed a tad bit surprised that you you won it because of all of the chaos that was going on around you. Yeah, the track the track was a little tricky there. I mean, of the top, it was definitely fastest around the top, and there's the the curb was really big, so it, it was tough to hit it right and be consistent on it. Mm. And and the car, you know, I could I could get in and I I could slide across it and and smash it and it wouldn't toss the nose <laughs> and you know, it just it just drove around the curb really good. Mm. And then it started sniffing rubber like a car went off the curb. So I think a lot of guys went down searching for it. 
and I just stuck up around the around the cushion, the you know all thirty, and uh, you know kind of stayed out of the rubber, but it had a lot of momentum up there if you could hit it right, and that's where I made a bunch of my passes. Or right. a lot of guys, were, you know, didn't have any momentum coming off the corner because they're down there looking for the rubber, and I I could just you know drive by them down the straightaway because I had all that momentum. Mm-hmm. So, so you just yeah. relied you just relied more on the cushion than you did, you know, looking for traction because you I mean because like you said. <laughs> The fastest at Paris is up up by the wall. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the 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 harder you can hit the cushion, keep the car turning, the the better you're going to be at Paris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I've heard that from not a lot of drivers, but usually the ones that win. Some people are afraid to go up there. Well, it, it's it's pretty hairy up there. It's pretty fast up there, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't have that far to go. If you mess up, you just boop, you hit the wall and you're done. Mm. Not good. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes Not good. You go up. You go up. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it it you know how long does it take? I mean, do you think you've got this car pretty much figured out? I mean, how many races have you been in it? The new chassis. Oh, that was our fifth race. They're bonding. Dave. So you think you're pretty comfortable with it now? You know what it you know what it'll do. Yeah. And and it'll yeah, give you from, what you want. Yeah, from night one there at Kern, um, you know, obviously we had, you know, our our baseline that we had put on it. You know, had a it had a ton of speed right off the bat. Mm-hmm. You know, then we're just we're we're fine tuning. You know, what changes do what on it? And you know, we tried something in the heat race at Bakersfield two weeks ago, and it didn't do what our old cars used to do. Mm-hmm. Kind of <laughs> did something off. So the just learning that stuff. Yeah. So. Well, it's not like it. It's not like it comes with an owner's manual. No, no. <laughs> so if I may, they sent me, the, they sent me a, a a setup sheet, a, a baseline setup sheet. Yeah, and he sent it. He made sure to say this is not the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big letters. So do you take notes yeah. at the different tracks? Yeah, yeah. So I I use that. Uh, there's an app that. Uh, competition suspension you know we run their shocks that there's an app that they developed called pit logic and so uh, it, it stores all your all your setup notes and all your shock dyno sheets and so it, it, that comes in really handy wow. and, you know, i try to keep as good a notes in that to go back to next mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. that's amazing all right so for the folks that maybe just tune in who are your uh who are your sponsors um, HD Industries, uh, Burris Racing, Biker Bruce Fisher, uh, Competition Suspension, uh, Molecule, K1 Race Gear, uh, Inland Rigging, uh, Jambo Barbecue Pits, Caltrol, um, Sander Engineering, uh, there's a, and then of course all my, all my family, my, my <laughs> parents and sure. my wife and, and we just had our, uh, our first old now so there's a lot of a lot of uh, sacrifices that you know all, all my family makes to, to go racing so yeah well you make them proud so yeah. it's not like uh it's not like you're just pulling it, up the rear every race <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think it'd be a little hard to um hard for me to you convince think? them all to keep doing yeah yeah i hear you man because i'm one of these kind of guys if if I can't at least win or be in the top five, I am not running. I could never run in the rear. That would make me crazy. But that's just me. 
Yeah. Hey, there's uh you know, there's there's probably more people more people than not that, you know, go out there and oh. you know, they run they run fifteenth, they're having a good time. So uh-huh. that's that's what it's about, right? Well, and you know you're right. But you also need to know what you like and what you don't like. And if you don't yeah. like being last, then they, everybody needs to respect that as well. Because exactly. I used to, I used to cart race, and you mentioned a couple of guys of your sponsors, Bor, uh, uh, Burris and Sanger, and all those guys. I used to take in my checkbook and my cart, and I said, if I don't win, <laughs> it had better be my fault. Driver error. And it worked. I did well. I won a lot of races, and just couldn't afford to do it as much as you're able to do it, but. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, and all those people I mentioned that that make it possible, right? So, I mean, without a doubt, I, my 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 Monday to Friday doesn't make enough money mm. to to no. do this. So, no. not hardly. <laughs> When's your next race? Uh, June nineteenth or whatever that is in Paris again. We got like a month off now. So I got a funny That's feeling up. you're going to be calling me the week before the race. You think? Yeah, I think we could arrange it. Yeah, if you want to win. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, you would not believe how many people that call us and win the next race. I'm just tell- I'm just saying. And you're more than welcome yeah. to do so. All right, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk to you down the road. Congrats yeah. on your win. Thank you. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I've got an awesome interview. It's a book called Crash, Earnhardt to Senna, all about the Hans device. You're going to love it. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back. This is FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Race your radio. Sit back. Take a listen to this interview. <laughs> well, folks, you all know what a big motor gearhead I am. We got Racer Radio on as well. And I'm a big Dale Earnhardt fan as well as just about anybody in motorsports. Well, a, a book came out called Crash from Senna to Earnhardt and how the Hans device helped Saved Racing, written by Jonathan Ingram, with uh, help from a few other folks like Robert Hubbard and Jim Downing, kind of the, the father of the Hans device. And we have Jonathan on the line right now. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing well, Dave. I, I'm really uh, glad to be talking with you. Well, it's funny, too, because I've read just about every book that was done on Earnhardt before and after his accident. And I actually learned a lot more out of your book than any other book I've ever read. Uh, you know about because a lot of people are still saying that crash was nothing. That I mean that crash was nothing compared to some of the ones he's been in. But your book explained it explicitly from A to Z why it happened. And I think if anybody's interested in the story or if they're interested in, you know motorsports and safety in general this is by far one of the best books i've read on the topic and i got a sneaky feeling you learned a lot from it as well uh yes dave it was a it was a learning experience for me and that that i think 
should be part of any book that a, a, a good book that an author puts out there. It's uh, particularly on the uh, you know research and, and nonfiction side. But I, I should probably tell you that I worked for Jim Downing for three years at, at Hans Performance Products uh, as you know as part of some of my freelance work, and it was almost at the uh, after about two years. Uh, I, I finally figured out how the Hans device really works. In other words, people think it just holds your head back. Well, yes, it does, but how does it do that? And it, it holds the head back because of the, you know, the carbon fiber device sits on the shoulders, and then the, there are tethers that attach to the helmet. And, uh, of course, the device itself is held in place by the, the shoulder harness that a driver wears. And, you know, you, you think of it as just retaining the head or restraining the head. But it, the genius of the device is that it transfers the energy. In other words, when, a you know, in a sudden stop as the head catapults forward with the rest of the body sort of uh, pinned into the seat by the, the seat belts, uh, you know, the head would have a tendency to keep going uh, and, and in some cases keep going until the, the driver suffered a broken neck. Well, the Hans... What it does is it transfers that energy from the head going forward through the tethers, through the carbon fiber device that sits on the shoulders, and into the torso. And, you know, I had been writing about it for 20 years as a, as a motor racing journalist, and it wasn't until I was working at, at Hans Performance Product for two years that I finally, uh, the light bulb went off and said, oh, that's how it works. That's the genius of it. So at that you, point, that, that's, that's really what got me started on writing the book. That was my aha moment. I said, there must and, be, there's probably a lot of stuff here we don't know. Yeah, and you're so. absolutely right. Genius is the word. And I think one of the things I took from the book was how in the world did Hubbard and Downing know where to put the device on the helmet? To, to do the maximum job. I mean, you could put that, that, that locking device on the helmet I anywhere. I mean, I think that's right. what really stood right. out to me is how he figured out, and not just for a guy five foot five, maybe a five, six foot one, you know, it didn't make any difference, but the device where right. he mounted that, that, that anchor device on the helmet was really yeah, the answer. Sure. Um, yeah, that, that's a good, uh, technical point and you know might look sort of easy um, where those tethers are, are mounted on the helmet but then attached to the Hans and of course Bob had an advantage he was the guy that designed the anthropomorphic devices otherwise known as crash test dummies right. uh, or he designed the head for the the model that was used for for 30 years by the automotive manufacturers for their crash testing and um, that 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 model uh, has you know, has resembles the human body so well that they used it for 30 years to use to do measurements. That's the the key thing with the crash test dummies to measure what happens in an impact. So since Bob had designed the head, he knew all kinds of data about the head and the weight of it and uh, so forth. But then he also figured out what you want are the the attachment points on the helmet to 
correspond to the center of gravity of the of the head so that you know when you're in a crash and those tethers get really tight uh, no matter what happens what size the driver is how much their head weighs how, how much their helmet weighs you know the 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 rotational moment will always go around the center of gravity of the head so um, yeah that I'm glad you brought that up because it might seem kind of easy to just attach the, attach those tethers um, so that that was a big advantage for Bob being a biomechanical engineer and having that experience with uh, working for General Motors to design what was called the hybrid three test dummy and then ten years he he put his life and blood into this ten yeah. years before anybody would even give him a, a nod that he was on the right track. I mean, you talk about persistent. Holy mackerel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bob was very dedicated, very methodical, and very ethical, and and very much a scientist. So, and, and you might, I would hope you'd ex- expect that from somebody who's a, uh, professor at, at Michigan State, and yeah. so Bob, uh, but Bob went over uh, above and beyond to <laughs> constantly. First of all, his he vetted his idea with several experts uh, in the scientific academic community uh, when it was still just on paper, and then he really pioneered along with John Melvin, who worked for GM, pioneered the the sled testing where they would set up the dummies and put on the harness and put on the device and the helmet and, you know, run the sled test into a a, a crash with sufficient G-force to determine if what Bob thought would work would actually work. And they really really pioneered the the idea of of motor racing using sled tests to uh, ascertain whether – new ideas were working and then later on when cart began uh carrying the the uh the data modules on the cars uh the black boxes as they're called on the cars they could record exactly what would happen in a crash and then uh, steve olvey and terry trammell would transfer that uh, anecdotal information from the scene of the accident plus you took the the, the black box with all the data in it and they combined that work with John Melvin to set up sled tests to recreate the crash that had taken place on the track to then begin to start to quantify things. And you say, well, what did they quantify? Well, one thing they quantified was a, a, a driver's chest will take a heck of a lot of G-force and energy without any injury, uh, either to the rib cage or to the heart or lung. So, you know, that's, but Bob Hubbard in his, focus on making sure he was selling a device and proposing it for safety that it would work uh he kind of pioneered the whole sled testing thing so yeah, uh, yeah that's just one of many many <laughs> elements to this story people think they sort of know the story but there's a lot to it yeah you're absolutely right folks i'm telling you you can go anywhere to get this book i highly recommend it it'd be a great gift for father's day or maybe there's a a motorsport person in your family, male or female, that uh, is thinking of getting into racing, this is probably the first piece of equipment they need to buy. 
All right, I got one more scenario. I just want to bounce this off of you because, you know, I mentioned that I was quite a uh, Earnhardt uh, fan to the point where I've got kind of a shrine here at my house. Here's my concept on the accident, and I've not had anybody mention it or say it, but as you okay. know, Earnhardt never blocked for anybody. He was either in the front or he was going to the front. And my feeling was when he got tagged and was heading to the wall going up into turn four, I think he turned his head to the left to see where Michael and his son were once he impacted the wall. And I think his head turning to the left to watch that had a lot to do with his death. It wouldn't have made any difference where his head was pointed. He was in the wrong seat. The seat belts were wrong. His seat was wrong. He opened. I mean, there were so many other contributing factors, thanks to your book, that made that perfectly clear. But I got a feel he was looking to the left when he hit the wall. What do you think? Well, I think the same thing has occurred to me. I, I, I'm uh, impressed that you 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 brought that up because. Uh, uh, I think that says a lot about who Dale was. And, yep. uh, you know, I go to the race, whenever I go to a stock car race, I, I can't go there without thinking about Dale. And, yep. uh, you know, I, I miss him to this day. I, you mentioned all the books that have been written about him. Technically, this will be my third book on Dale. I'm one of those that, among those who've written the over 30 books on, on him. And, uh, yeah, so I, I I think that would be Dale, and um, yeah. It, it yeah it it did not necessarily affect one way or the other the outcome of no. the, the of the crash because of uh, the the severity of impact which is explained, um, and you know people tend to forget that Schrader hit him as he was coming up to the wall which did two things, it added about ten miles an hour to his speed just sure. from the bump from Schrader and then also turned him to go straight in instead of a glancing blow. So that was really the, the twist of fate right there that sort of sealed his doom. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Dale wasn't looking down the track to yep. see Mike and uh, Michael Waltrip and, and, and Dale Jr. cross the, the finish line as was their pre-race plan. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> One of those three was going to win, they thought. Yeah. So, I will say, though, you killed me about seven times because you brought the incident up, I think, seven times in the book. And every time it came up, God, it just brought tears to my eyes. But, Jonathan, awesome book. As soon as I hang up, I'm going to go look in my library and see how many books I have written by you. And if I don't have them, I will be in touch. Okay, www.jingrambooks.com. All right, buddy. I'll take care of it. And I, got, I wrote your phone number down, so I'll take a picture of my shrine because you asked for it, and I'll send it to you. Okay, great. Look forward to seeing it, Dave. All right, Jonathan. Thank you very much, and we will be talking down the road. All right. Sounds good. Bye. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.